I originally couldn't um, differentiate S from TH. So I was always using S for TH. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and also um, R and L. Yeah, that's classic, I couldn't differentiate those. That was from part two of my interview with Atsuko, which you'll hear in this episode, episode 15 of the More Than English podcast. If you remember in last week's episode, we talked about her moving to the U.S. Uh, as a little girl for about a year and a half and her adjustment and then moving back. This week, we're going to be looking at her pronunciation and her advice and tips for how she improved her pronunciation. You can tell her pronunciation is very good. She speaks very clearly and, and she articulates very well. Well, she has some tips for you and tricks, and that's what we're going to look at in this episode, along with a few other things, because this isn't just English. This is more than English. Let's go. Hey there, English speakers. Jesse here from Sweet Academy, helping you get to the next level in your English and life. And as I mentioned in the opening, we're continuing with our conversation with Atsuko. She shares some cultural insights. We talk about Japanese culture a little bit, a little bit about language, a little bit about different things, and about pronunciation. I asked her about her pronunciation. She actually has four good techniques and four good tips for you to improve your pronunciation, for you to try today, even during this episode. So you'll hear that in this episode. Stay with me at the end of the episode. Obviously, the same as every week, we'll be breaking down different vocabulary words and expressions you will have heard in this episode. And then I'm going to tell you how you can get some free lessons with me. And free is always good, isn't it? So before that, Without any further ado, let's get into the episode, and we're in the middle of listening to Atsuko talking about her language learning journey, and if it came naturally. Um, actually, I wasn't there. <laughs> actually, I wasn't that level, so you know, I had to like s study all those words and phrases. There were so many, and I hadn't studied grammar and. So, and also I had to um, learn the pronunciation, um, uh, how do you call it, like pronunciation. Um, In intonation? Uh, no, um, there's a, there's a certain way to, yeah, like there's a certain way, like when you look up the dictionary, there's a kind of certain way to express the pronunciation, describe the pronunciation. So the those script. kinds of. Yes, like that, that kind of script, yes. Mm. So I had to study those um, phonetic scripts and so that I can master the correct uh, pronunciation. Mm. And so many native, um, well, many um, uh, Japanese students who had spent, um, who spent, you know, th most of their junior high or high school and elementary school in the United States, for example, cannot read those um, uh, scripts. Script. Yes, 
They Many can, native they, speakers can't either. Actually, I'd say <laughs> no native speakers can unless they're an English teacher. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> I think so because you know I I didn't I wasn't um, that um, uh, how can I say it? like I I wasn't that fluent or I wasn't I was far from you know. Um, those um, native speakers or bilingual students sure. and so um, I had to study those scripts and look up the dictionary and, and did those help? Uh, learn well, by myself. Actually, I'd like to get to you the I do have a question about your pronunciation a little later actually. Mm -hmm. I plan to get into mm -hmm. that because your pronunciation is so good so I want to ask you. about that specifically. <laughs> um, so how well, what was your biggest challenge in um, throughout your language learning journey? Mm, I think the biggest challenge I had was mm, it's very difficult to describe, but as not being a kind of native speaker, sometimes I use uh, Japanese English or, you know, um, some unnatural expressions. So, for example, in, in Japan, we have, we have imported many Western languages or Western phrases in a strange in manner. In Japanese language. <laughs> in Japanese language. Hmm. So, we have this certain um, expression, which we have uh, ex ex imported from um, the West, for example, the United States or the Netherlands or, you know, France, France, but um, in a kind of a weird way. And so uh, the original language or the original word or um, the original phrase do not have the same meaning as the Japanese expression does. And so that's a kind of tricky part. There is, there, there is that kind of, you know, that specific word in English, for example, but the meaning is different. Can you think of an and example? For example, homepage. So we use it as, as a website, like as a kind of expression for a kind of website. So go to the website of this company and click this. And that, and just that kind of simple expression and then in Japanese, we use a, use the word homepage instead of website. Hmm. They so, kind of, I think they do that in Korean too. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Like in many Asian countries, I think, and um, also um, uh, similar but different. For example, um, uh, uh, what was it? Um, for the English expression of close match or um, neck and neck um, uh, contest, we use um, dead heat. Dead heat. But for the kind of original English expression, the dead heat, a dead heat is, you know, like, um, like, like a in, in a kind of horse race, those two horses. Um, like a photo uh, finish, right? Yes, yes, like a photo finish. Yes, 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 exactly. But uh, in Japan, we use in a kind of broader meaning. So if it is a kind of close match, like not as close as a kind of photo, you know, um, photo uh, finish. 
finishing. Um, we just use it as a kind of an expression to describe a kind of a intense competition. So, for example, a kind of soccer match. You know,、um, Japanese people will say, "Oh, that's a kind of dead heat."、Uh, <laughs> do you have an, an is, expression、yeah. for it, like Japanglish or something? Because in Korean、yeah. they have Konglish words, in Spanish they have Spanglish. Do you call it Japanglish?、Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, we, 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 yes, the Japan, Japanglish.、Um, in Japanese, we call it waseigo. So Japan made English. Oh, right. Literally translated, it's you know, Japan made English. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, those kinds of expressions are very tricky, and many people、um, never notice that you know the original meaning is different. And so many bus- Japanese、um, business people use those. Japanglish, or you know,、um, those wasei ego、uh, in a kind of a you know on a kind of business setting and during the kind of formal、um, you know dialogue, and then they repeatedly you know like express、right. like use those kinds of like expressions, and their counterparts maybe like, huh? Yeah, on the <laughs> what surfa- is he talking about? <laughs> on the surface level, it it seems like it would help understanding, but sometimes it makes it worse, doesn't it? Yeah, sometimes it makes it worse. So、um, yeah, <laughs> it's a tricky thing. And also,、um, another thing is like kind of a nuance. So kind of there's a subtle nuance,、um, which、um, I sometimes do not understand or misunderstood misunderstand. So,、um, for example, like you know whether it has a kind of positive connotation or a negative connotation. And、um, unless you are kind of a nat- like a real native speaker, it's very difficult to understand those subtleties. Or whenever I need to、um, uh, translate something or do interpreting, I want to be um, um, as um, how can I say like as true to the original text or accurate or.、Um, Yes, so I do not want to add any、um, extra information, or I do not want to subtract any information、mm. that is necessary, and I don't want to change a tone, or I don't want to change a nuance or connotation, and so、um, I really want to be true to the original text. But in order for me to do so, it's very difficult to understand those subtleties, <laughs> and I always um、uh, get puzzled or like um um struggle to find a correct, right expression. Yeah, that's a challenge. Even with、uh, I have some friends that are interpreters and ch- and、uh, translators. And even for native speakers, it's just a difficult thing from language to communicate an exact meaning because、mm-hmm. you know sometimes there isn't a word. Students will ask me a lot of the time, "How do you say、mm-hmm. this in English?" And they'll tell me a Spanish word, and、mm-hmm. like I know the Spanish word, but I don't know the English equivalent, or we don't have one. <laughs> you know, or、mm-hmm. we'll express、mm-hmm. the whole yes, situation. Yes, yes, yes.、Mm-hmm. I'm sure that、yeah. you face that all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So some phrases are non-existing, you know,、um, in 
uh, one certain language because there isn't that kind of concept or, you know, um, that kind of tradition or, um, yeah, so language is very um, highly, how can I say, like, um, cultural. Um, cultural and um, depends on the um, culture and community of that specific country. So, even the word, yeah. like you said earlier, gaijin, like mm-hmm. literally it would translate to foreigner, but it doesn't really communicate that same message, does no, it? No, no, no. So, gaijin has a kind of a uh, not discriminative, but um, you know, like it, it. It has a kind of connotation that, well, they are different from us. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's kind of exclusive. Um, yeah. It's not, you know, yeah, like it's not a kind of e- expression that is trying to embrace those people but to it, the community. It's not like a um, also a term of endearment, kind of almost, or it's um, not at all. Mm, maybe not. No. Okay. Mm. I don't know. I was curious. I. I have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's difficult to like express or explain those kinds of um, high context words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it depends how you say it. I think. That too. Oh, it? that's Gaijin, and then you know, um, it's very you know like exclusive. Uh, but um, if if just a kind of you know a kind of smiling grandma says, "Ah, gaijin san," then that's you know, "Oh, welcome foreigners." <laughs> yeah, it depends. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great. Uh, I want to go back to your pronunciation. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, probably one of your strongest areas, I would say, as you know, working with you for so long, is your pronunciation. Do you think you? Oh, agree? thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In fact, like mm. we've mentioned Japan several times, but I bet people listening, just lis- listening to you speak, wouldn't have guessed Japan. I, I would mm. think. So, <laughs> um, when when you were learning English, you mentioned the phonemic mm-hmm. script. Was it important to you to? lose your Japanese accent with your English or did it is it something that was just kind of came naturally I think it came naturally I think um, but in a kind of very very gradually though um, I originally couldn't um, differentiate s from th so I was always using s for th <laughs> really? yes and also um R and L. Yeah, that's classic, I couldn't differentiate it? those. Um, yeah, and so gradually I practiced and practiced and I trained my muscle, mm. <laughs> speaking muscle. And um, what I did was um, I recorded myself and listened to it. And it was um, so painful for me to listen to those is, audios, but um, I had to do it. And um, also I um, did shadowing. So for example, President Obama's speech and I shadowed him, his intonation and you know, of course pronunciation and the way he um, stresses certain words, etc. And yes, also um, Mrs. Clinton as well. Um, she she's a lady, so it was easy for me to follow the ladies, you know, transcript and um, 
Sure, yes, especially uh, with shadowing. Yes, especially with shadowing, yes, yes. And um, also, I sometimes, nowadays I um, don't do that um, that often, but when I was um, just starting studying English, just had started studying English, I really uh, tried to read out loud. And slowly, you know, like not in, in rush, you know, just slowly and try to be articulate. And I really wanted to improve my pronunciation. And so I, yeah, like um, I really tried to speak out loud and um, read out loud, especially in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good to, um, it's a, yes, like a bath time is a very nice um time to practice your um, reading skills or like speaking your skills, speaking skills um, in, probably, yes, probably yes. not reading mm-hmm. right like, yeah no not reading <laughs> <laughs> not reading reading out loud <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and for ideas yeah. creative ideas too I found yes, yes. a lot of ideas mm-hmm. come um, mm-hmm. very nice and what maybe one tip you would have for anybody who wants to improve their pronunciation like, what's mm-hmm. one tip to improve their pronunciation? What's the best trick that you would say? Would it be recording I think, yourself? Yeah, recording yourself. And um, when you record yourself, I think you need to focus on the enunciation. So you really need to, um, instead of like, you know, um, m- m- like mumbling or, you know, like, um, like not opening your mouth um, wide, then it, it won't, you know, um, do any good. Like you won't be able to improve yourself um, in terms of those um, uh, speaking capabilities. So really you need to enunciate each word and you try to um, follow the um, the phonetic um, scripts on the dictionary. And if you you are, yes, yes, because otherwise, um, I think I, well, like there are many new words, you know, that you come across every day. And if you do not check up the dictionary, you can, you know, memorize a kind of wrong uh, pronunciation for that word. And it can, you know, you may never notice, you know, that you're wrong and maybe your counterpart or, you know, your um, uh, friend or, you know, your um, boss or whoever you are talking to in English may not understand you 100 percent because of that pronunciation. Or it can cause some confusion, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a good tip. That's a good tip. Mm -hmm. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. So to close... I have a little word association game. I'm going to just say five verbs, and you just tell me the first thing that comes to mind. It could be a word or several words or a sentence or anything when I say this Mm -hmm. word. Okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Here we go. Say the first thing that comes to mind when I say play. Play. Play the guitar. (laughs) Perfect. Go. Go? Uh, Go away. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Stop. Stop. Uh, 
stop bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> Take. Take advantage. Okay. And make. Make make fun. <laughs> okay. Very nice. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. That was excellent. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you, Atsuko. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank okay. you, Jesse. Thank you. And uh, I'll see you in our next lesson. Yes. Yes, okay. I'll see you. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. So that was it. That was Atsuko's story and her tips for you to try and use and improve your pronunciation, improve your rhythm, and to, as she said, enunciate more. I think I can learn that too. <laughs> I think I need to practice that too. Anyway, I try to, right? Before each episode, how now brown cow, how now brown cow. I do that the, before each episode or before I record to enunciate better. Anyway, as I said in the beginning of the podcast, I want to tell you how you can get free lessons with me. And it's simple. I just opened up our Patreon page. This is the vision that I had for Sweet Academy. It's beautiful. Visit the link below or go to sweetacademy.com or patreon.com slash sweetacademy and check out our offers if you would like to support us. But more than that, if you would like to learn at each payment tier, I have, I offer different things. And as a participating member and a premium member and above, You'd be able to have lessons with me if you see the lessons on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash sweetacademy. You will see these types of one-on-one -on -one lessons that I do. They're fantastic. We all learn from each other in this way. And I'm offering these lessons now to the public. You can study, and they're included in your Patreon support. So... You don't have to pay for lessons. The only thing that I get in return then is I can record, I record the lessons to put pieces of it up on YouTube and for patrons, extra videos that you can learn from because we're kind of all learning together, right? And for premium members and above, I will even take your videos and put them in your own special playlist. And that way you'll have a playlist of just your, your lessons, which are broken up into two, three, four minute pieces. And they show your progression, they show your progression from the beginning when you maybe don't say something correctly, then through the lesson and practice. And then at the end of the video, you say it beautifully. And that's the idea of these lessons. And if you would like to have these, they make you look really good too. <laughs> so uh, sign up, patreon.com slash sweetacademy, or just go to Sweet Academy and there are links all over the place. If you do that, let me know what you want to study exactly and we can focus on exactly what you need. This is your academy and it's your lesson. But besides that, Let's move on to the verb, to the vocabulary and expressions that you heard during this. And let's get into that right now. 
So, getting into these vocabulary words. I... I have 12 vocabulary words. I have 12 vocabulary words and expressions for you to learn. If you go to sweetacademy.com slash podcast, you'll be able to see these so you can see the spelling and see physically see them in case you're more of a visual learner. And for patrons, I'll have a PDF file for you to download. Plus, in this episode, I also have the four pronunciation tips that Atsuko shared in the episode. So, the expressions. The first word, the ex- the first word that I want to go over is the phonemic script that we were talking about, that Atsuko was talking about. The phonemic script is the the chart of the funny. Sh- funny characters and things that look like letters or look like a different language, but they show you how to pronounce English words. So in particular, if you know the schwa sound, the schwa sound is the uh, like internet, er, er, internet, television, television, that n. That uh sound is called the schwa. It's the most common sound in the English language because it's everywhere, right? But that uh sound, if you look in the phonemic script, it looks like an upside-down E. So whenever you see in brackets these pronunciation forms, that's called the phonemic script. Next, to master something. To master something, and this is really to become an expert, to do something as an expert. And I put this here because master can be a verb. You may know master as like a teacher, someone who's an expert in something, but to master is also a verb. She said, I had to master the phonemic script to improve my pronunciation. To master. Next To be far from something. To be far from something is distance, like physically. Here in Spain, I am far from my family in the United States. To be far from. But it can also be figurative, right? It can also be far from having the ability of doing something, which is how she used it. I was far from being fluent or like a native speaker. Far from. I didn't have the ability. I wasn't close. And notice, far from being. Far from ing. Or far from now. To be far from something. Next. The biggest challenge. Challenge. You probably know this, but I really like the word challenge. And I really like the idea of challenges. And... Most successful people do, and I know you do too. That's why you're learning English. It's a challenge. And when you learn it, when you learn this next thing, it's a challenge to learn it. But then when you learn it, it feels so good, doesn't it? Question tag? Doesn't it? With a down intonation. Doesn't it? Because I know that it does. (laughs) 
Anyway, I said the biggest challenge is the superlative. What was your biggest challenge in learning English? What was your biggest challenge in learning English? Next, a photo finish. She talked about a photo finish or she talked about the Japanglish word for that, but a uh, neck and neck, but a photo finish. A photo finish is when two racers, either horse racers or people racers are swimming, but they finish so closely together, we don't know who reached first. So they take photographs of the finish line to see who actually reached there first. Hence, it's called a photo finish. A photo finish. In American English, we pronounce the T, that middle T, like a D. Photo finish. Photo finish. Or if you want to pronounce the T, photo finish. Photo finish. Next. Said sometimes it helps, but sometimes it can make it worse. Sometimes it helps, but sometimes it can make it worse. And we use, I put this here because of the verb make. It can make it worse. When some you make something worse, it literally causes it to become a worse situation. But to practice the expression, sometimes it makes it worse. Sometimes it makes it worse. It makes the situation worse, right? Next, a vocabulary word, a nuance. A nuance is a subtle detail, and subtle means not obvious, right? But a subtle detail in how we use our language and how words can be slightly different, the different nuances of the language, right? She talked about that. That's very important, especially the higher level you get, but the certain nuances of the language. That's what she meant, the nuances the subtle details of how the language works. Nuance. Nuance. Sounds a bit French, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Or doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, next, to be puzzled or to get puzzled about something, it means to be confused about something, to be puzzled, to be confused. Right? I was puzzled by the way she acted toward me. Right? And Atsuko in our podcast, in this episode, she said, I sometimes get puzzled when I try to find an exact translation. Right? She works as an interpreter. So sometimes words, as we discussed, words don't exactly mean the same thing as their translation. Right? So it's sometimes difficult to find the exact translation of something because they can be cultural. To be puzzled. To be puzzled. To get puzzled. To get puzzled. And to be puzzled by or to be puzzled about. Next, I asked if gaijin was a term of endearment. A term of endearment is a special way to refer to somebody. It normally is a way of love, right? A special name you have for somebody that it could be a little insulting, but this is used as a term of endearment, a way to show love.
Next, I used a fluency builder. In fact, in fact, a good fluency builder to use to introduce or present uh, extra information that you're going to add, right? To be more specific in what you wanted to say. I said in the episode, your pronunciation is one of your strongest areas. In fact, I doubt many people would have guessed you're from Japan based on hearing you speak. In fact, and then I added extra information. In fact, Next, she talked about shadowing. A shadow is the, you know, the black mark that you have where the shade, you know, behind a light, right? Shadow puppets are what you form with your hands that look like little animals on the wall. Shadow, that's a shadow. So when you're shadowing, you're copying a native speaker exactly. So if I say... I'm going to the store now. I'm going to the store now. You would try to copy me exactly as I say it to work on your pronunciation and the rhythm and the intonation. Shadowing. That's called shadowing. And she shadowed different people like President Obama, Hillary Clinton, and probably a bunch of others, right? Next and finally, enunciation. That's the noun, of course, and the verb would be enunciate, enunciate. And that means to speak and pronounce every sound clearly when speaking. So open your mouth over enunciate, say it too much when you're practicing. Enunciate, try to sound clear. I know it sounds like native speakers talk all jumbled together and then when we talk, it all gets mashed together and it kind of sounds like this. But when you're first beginning, when you're learning, it's a good idea to enunciate because the bigger you practice, then you're always going to perform. This works in sports, in learning language, in anything. You should practice bigger and then in practice when you actually do the thing you'll always do it less right so uh, she suggested it's important to enunciate when you read out loud and I agree with her so her four tips moving down if you're in the PDF move down to the second page her four tips for improving your pronunciation number one Something that I've recommended in many of my lessons, many of my live streams and public lessons, record yourself, especially if you have an English exam coming. Record yourself. Listen to yourself. As she said, it is painful to do to listen to yourself again, uh, but you will learn. It's valuable. It's absolutely valuable. Record yourself. Number two, shadowing right? Following what somebody else says. Number three, read out loud. And number four, I'm not sure she actually mentioned this explicitly, but we did talk about it. And that's, and if she didn't recommend it, I certainly do. That's talking to yourself, right? And enunciate even when you're talking to yourself. So these are my tips. We went a little bit longer today than normal, but I hope you don't mind. We had a lot of good things to share. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me again. 
If you like this, then share it with a friend who they might find it interesting too. And I will appreciate it very much. Join me again next week as, well, I hope we have another guest. I plan on having another guest next week. And join me and let's see if that comes true. Remember, do something good for somebody before they can do it to you. That is paying it forward. Be good or be good at it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.